Welcome to God's Truth with Dr. D. Todd Harrison. We are looking again today at the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. Look at how Nephi bore testimony of Jesus Christ it's in today's lesson. And so we welcome you from throughout the world this day, and we pray that God's blessings will be upon you this day, that you may be touched with the Holy Ghost and with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that what God may have for you or maybe be a particular personal message from the Lord to you this day, that your time here will be great and a benefit to you as you draw closer to the Lord and able to fill up his spirit. And of that same Lord and God, Jesus Christ, I testify as one of his witnesses that he lives today. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He is our Lord, our God, our Redeemer, our King, are all let the angels of heaven shout hallelujah to his holy name okay let's look today we're going to look at the uh, uh, book of second nephi again those of you who don't have access to a book of mormon uh, you can go to churchofjesuschrist.org and, and there in the library you can get a copy of the book of mormon so you can look at this as we proceed along so we uh, particularly welcome those Protestant and uh, pastors out there who uh, watch us uh, from throughout the world. And we pray that God will continue to bless you in your ministries uh, based on your on the condition that you continue to teach the people the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of his gospel. Okay, let's look today at uh, 2 Nephi. And we're going to look at chapters 3 through 5. Let's begin in chapter 3. And we're going to get this great vision that uh, that Joseph had concerning the last days, concerning his his seed, his future posterity, including among those would be the prophet Joseph Smith. So we're going to see get the, the great prophecies here from Joseph Egypt. These obviously were cut out of the Bible as by the great and abominable church, as we had seen earlier on in the Book of Mormon. Uh, in First Nephi, that the great and abominable church would arise and would cut out many parts of the Bible that were plain and precious. So this is one of those we lost, uh, luckily, through the JST translation of Genesis. So we got a lot of this back uh, in there. Uh, but then again, that's still working with the biblical text and not the brass plates. This is coming from the brass plates version of the gospel, of, of the, the book of Joseph, if you will. We don't know whether... There was a book of Joseph, and it's not clear here, but anyways, the prophecies of Joseph are there on these brass plates. That's where Lehi gets his information. Okay, so chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. And now I speak unto you, Joseph. So he's addressing all his kids as he's uh, in his farewell speeches as he's about to die. I speak unto you, Joseph, my lastborn. I was born in the wilderness of mine affliction. Yea, in the days of my greatest sorrow did thy mother bear thee. And so it is oftentimes that's exactly when God blesses us. They were blessed with this uh, baby boy, Joseph, in the midst of his afflictions and the great uh, days of sorrow. At that time, God chose to bless them. Some of you wondering where the blessing of God is yet, but you're still too happy in your life. You still have it too well. You haven't gone through these the valley of sorrow. You haven't gone through these horrible things yet. But when you do, and when you will, you'll find that that becomes the greatest time of blessing in your lives. Then you can 
know that God is with you in the fire and that he's helping you and will bring you out with many great blessings added to you. Uh, verse 2, and may the Lord consecrate also unto thee this land, which is a most precious land, for thine inheritance and the inheritance of thy seed with thy brethren, for thy security forever, if it so be that ye shall keep the commandments of the Holy One of Israel. Again, it's always, always conditional. We saw all the way when we went through the Old Testament. We saw it the whole year we went through the New Testament. Now we continue to get in the book more. All of God's blessings are conditional upon you keeping the commandments. You have no desire to uh, keep the commandments, you're not going to be blessed, right? You may get lucky. <laughs> There's a difference between being lucky and being blessed. Having success due to luck or success by blessing from God. You will not be blessed if you refuse to keep the commandments. You might get lucky for a time being, but then you're never truly living in happiness and joy and peace. Exactly the kind of that the Bible and the scriptures declare and teach. Verse 3, and now Joseph is my last born, who I have brought out of the wilderness of mine afflictions. So he said it again, right? Uh, May the Lord bless thee forever, for thy seed shall not utterly be destroyed. So future prophecy that his seed would mix with the Lamanites at, at some point, and so his seed will not be utterly destroyed. For behold, thou art the fruit of my loins, and I am a descendant of Joseph, who was carried captive into Egypt, which we read about in the book of Genesis, the one that his brothers sold him uh, as slave traders uh, to Egypt. And great were the covenants of the Lord, which he made unto Joseph. Now that's a powerful verse here. And great were the covenants of the Lord, which he made unto Joseph. Because in the Bible, we keep hearing that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? We, but we they stopped there, right? They were talking about God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, right? So it's interesting how... Then the Bible just keeps talking about that. But then here we get this great verse of scripture that great were the covenants of the Lord which he made unto Joseph, right? So, uh, wherefore, Joseph truly saw our day and he obtained the promise of the Lord that out of the fruit of his loins, the Lord God would raise up a righteous branch unto the house of Israel. Not the Messiah, because he would be born of the tribe of Judah, but a branch was to be broken off and go over the seas to the Americas, nevertheless to be remembered in the covenants of the Lord that the, Maya sh- that, the, that the Messiah should be made manifest unto them, his, tri- his tribe, his people, the, the, uh, uh, the, the Ephraim and the Manassites in the last days, in the spirit of power unto the bringing of them out of darkness unto light, right? Darkness from worshiping the false creeds of false Christianity and returning uh, out of that darkness to to the light and worshiping the true God of the Bible, the true Jesus Christ of the Bible, the one that has a body of flesh and bones and said to his apostles, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have, and yet false apostate Christianity for 2,000 years later still worshiping a spirit. He specifically told told us in the Bible that he's not a spirit, but they continue to worship him as a spirit and deny that he has a body, parts, or passions. At the same time, he floats everywhere, and at the same time, 
is nowhere present, which one times zero equals zero. That's a form of atheism. So God rescued them in these last days by calling the prophet Joseph Smith. He's rescued the people from worshiping this false God, this false heretical Jesus Christ of the creeds to bring us back to the living Jesus Christ, the biblical Jesus, the one that rose from the dead. Yeah, out of hidden darkness and out of captivity, he calls that a captivity of you worshiping false gods, false idols, a false Jesus, a false God, and therefore a false gospel. He says that you're in hidden darkness and in captivity, but he's rescued us from that captivity and from that freedom. If we will come unto him and worship the true God, the true biblical Jesus, true biblical God. For Joseph truly testified, saying, A seer shall the Lord my God raise up, who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. Later in the Book of Mormon here, we're going to learn that a seer is greater than a prophet. Now, oftentimes they're sustained as a prophet, seer, and revelator, and they're all three at the same time. But a seer is better, it's greater than being a prophet. Yea, in verse 7, Yea, Joseph truly said, Thus saith the Lord unto me, A choice seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandment that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren, which shall be of great worth unto them, even to the bringing of them to the knowledge of the covenants which I made with thy father. Fulfilled uh, early missions in the 1800s were going off to those who were descendants of the, uh, you know, Lehi and, and his people. And I will give unto him a commandment that he shall do none other work save the work which I shall command him. So that's always the commission. The covenant with the Lord and the prophets and apostles is to preach his word, preach his will, and don't speak for yourself. Here he's saying that Joseph Smith will have that same commandment to don't speak as Joseph Smith. You're going to speak as a prophet and declare my will. So good constant remain, re reminder uh, that you speak the will of God and you don't add anything and you don't voice your own opinion when teaching the gospel. It doesn't matter whether you're an apostle, prophet, whether you're a, a teacher in the Sunday school class. It doesn't matter what level, what level of responsibility God's given you. If you're preaching the gospel, you preach his will and you teach his doctrine and you don't teach your personal opinions or what you have to say. And if you don't agree with certain things in the scriptures, you're still under covenant to preach the truth. You may not like it. There might be some commandments, some doctrines you don't like. That doesn't mean because you don't like them, you don't teach them. You still teach them, right? Even if you don't like them. Always keep that in mind as well. And I will make him great in mine eyes, for he shall do my work. We've seen that before. Those who honor Jesus and, and teach of Jesus, he will honor and testify of them. We saw that last year in the Matthew 10, one of the great scriptures, that whosoever shall confess me before men, of him or her will I confess before my 
Father in heaven. In the book of Revelation, we get before my Father in heaven and his angels, right? So Jesus will testify of you, not only before his Father, but before the angels. If you do his work and testify of him and are never ashamed of him, he will not be ashamed of you. He will promote you. He will praise you. He will brag about you to his heavenly Father and to all the angels. In verse 9, and he shall be great like unto Moses, whom I have said I would raise up unto you to deliver my people, O house of Israel. And Moses will I rise up to deliver thy people out of the land of Egypt. So, he's all, so Joseph's also prophesied to Moses, which is going to happen 400 years from then. But a seer again, because he's greater than a seer is greater than a prophet. A seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins. And unto him, Joseph Smith Jr., Will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins? The Book of Mormon, bring forth the Book of Mormon to the people, uh, the descendants of Lehi. And not to the bringing forth my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them. The Bible, right? What's So what's the purpose of the Book of Mormon? Here we go. We better read that again. To convince them. The Book of Mormon is to convince us that the Bible is true. If you believe in the Bible, in the Book of Mormon, you will believe in the Bible. If you believe in the Bible, you will believe in the Book of Mormon because the Book of Mormon testifies and teaches of the Bible. Verse 12, Wherefore the fruit of thy loins shall write, and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write, and that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah, shall grow together, just like the prophecy in Ezekiel 37, that the stick of Joseph and the, and the, and the uh, stick of Judah shall come together, join side by side, to do what? Shall grow together into the confounding of false doctrines, to do away with false doctrines, and laying down of contentions over uh, biblical principles, biblical doctrine, and bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers in the latter days, and also to the knowledge of my covenants, saith the Lord. In the Bible, do we have the baptism? Did we have the um, sacramental prayers? No, but we do get that here, and, and later on in the Book of Mormon, for example. So it certainly did. Uh, restore the knowledge to us of the covenants of the Lord. And out of weakness, he shall be made strong. He had a second grade ed formal education, and he became renowned as, as one of the greatest prophets who ever lived. And we're even told that he's the greatest prophet and done more for the salvation of mankind than any other man or woman except for the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom he bore testimony and bore witness, and whom he served. And thus prophesied Joseph, saying, Behold, that seer will the Lord bless, and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded. For this promise which I obtained of the Lord of the fruit of my loins shall be fulfilled. Behold, I am sure of the fulfilling of this promise, and his name shall be called after me. So his name will be Joseph, and we knew that. You know, three, you know, three, uh, you know, about four thousand, you know, probably about four thousand years ago, right? 
Now, it's incredible. Now, you know, so God has foreordained people's names, right? But the parents giving birth to the to the baby better listen to the spirit, and the spirit uh, will tell them what God would have you name your children. And he's known in advance. So there's been a lot of times where he probably expected the, the baby to be born with such a name, uh, you know, but then the parents didn't listen to the Holy Ghost, didn't listen to God, and maybe named the, the baby something else, right? So it's important here uh, the, the future parents that you pray over it and get a confirmation and a revelation over what name you should name your child because you never know, right? what they'll become in, in life and whether there's prophecies out there about them. And it shall be after the name of his father. Ah, so Joseph Smith Jr. and his father, Joseph Smith Sr., both named Joseph after Joseph of Egypt. And he shall be likened to me for the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand, by the power of the Lord, shall bring many people unto salvation. The Book of Mormon shall bring many people unto salvation. It already has brought millions unto salvation and unto the Lord Jesus Christ and to confess that uh, Jesus is their Lord, their God, and their Redeemer. Yea, thus prophesied Joseph, I am sure of this thing, even as I am sure of the promise of Moses. For the Lord has said unto me, I will preserve thy seed forever. And the Lord has said, I will raise up a Moses, and I will give power unto him and a rod. Remember, and he uses the rod. He throws it down, becomes a snake. He you know, is able to use it to smite the water and turn it into blood and all kinds of miracles with that rod. And I will give judgment unto him in writing. Yeah, I will not loose his tongue that he shall speak much, for I will not make him mighty in speaking. Right? So just like he rose up Aaron to speak for him and be a spokesman, he'll, he's going to raise up Oliver Cowdery to do the same, or Joseph Smith. But I will write unto him my law by the finger of mine own hand, and I will make a spokesman for him. And the Lord said unto me also, I'll raise up unto the fruit of thy loins, I will make for him a spokesman. And I, behold, I will give unto him that he shall write the writing of the fruit of thy loins, Unto the fruit of thy loins, and the spokesman of thy loins shall declare it. Fulfilled literally, Joseph's day under Oliver Cowdery. And the words which he shall write shall be the words which are expedient, and my wisdom should go forth unto the fruit of thy loins. So God chose specifically these words of the Book of Mormon to go forth. And it shall be as if the fruit of thy loins had cried unto them from the dust. Right? We're going to see the Nephite civilization be destroyed and all the, the buried and dead, right? And so then the Book of Mormon was hit up, buried in the ground for, you know, 1,400 years until it came forth, right? So it's as though they cried uh, unto them from the dust, literally. For I know their faith, and they shall cry from the dust, yea, even repentance unto their brethren, even after many generations have gone by them. And it shall come to pass that their cries shall go even according to the simpleness of their words. Because of their faith, their words shall proceed forth out of my mouth unto their brethren who are the fruit of thy loins. 
and the weakness of their words will I make strong in their faith unto the remembering of my covenant, which I made unto thy fathers. And now behold, my son Joseph, after this manner did my father of old prophesy. Wherefore, because of this covenant, thou art blessed, for thy seed shall not be destroyed, for they shall hearken unto the words of the book. And there shall rise up one mighty among them, who shall do much good, both in word and in deed, being an instrument in the hands of God, with exceeding faith to work mighty wonders, and to do that which is great in the sight of God, and to the bringing to pass much restoration unto the house of Israel, unto the seed of thy brother. And that's exactly what Joseph Smith did. He restored the church, restored priesthood authority, restored temple ordinances and covenants, restored the prophet of the restoration. And now, blessed art thou, Joseph, behold, thou art little, wherefore hearken unto the words of thy brother Nephi, and it shall be done unto thee, even according to the words which I have spoken. He'll be blessed as he listens to the prophet, in this case, the prophet is his brother. Remember the words of thy dying father. Amen. Okay, so great chapter three. All right, move to chapter four. We'll look at verses uh, uh, beginning with verse one. And so now I, Nephi, speak concerning the prophecies which my father has spoken concerning Joseph, who was carried into Egypt. For behold, he truly prophesied concerning all his seed. And the prophecies which he wrote, there are not many greater. Wow, not many greater, right? So book of Revelation maybe, right? But but not, not a lot, right? And he prophesied concerning us and our future generations, and they are written upon the plates of brass. Wherefore, after my father had made an end of speaking concerning the prophecies of Joseph, he called the children of Laman his sons and his daughters, and said unto them, Behold, my sons and my daughters, were the sons and daughters of my firstborn, I would that ye should give ear unto my words. And here comes the condition. For the Lord has said that inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, so conditional, ye shall prosper in the land. And inasmuch as you will not keep my commandments, ye shall be cut off from my presence and therefore cursed. But behold, my sons and my daughters, I cannot go down to my grave save I should leave a blessing upon you. For behold, I know that if you are brought up in the way you should go, you will not depart from it. We get that in the Bible as well. Train the child in the, way, in, in the ways of the Lord, and when he's old, he will not depart uh, from it. Wherefore, if ye are cursed, behold, I leave my blessing upon you, that the cursing may be taken from you and be answered upon the heads of your parents. We read that also in the Doctrine and Covenants. And if, if parents fail to teach their kids the truth of the gospel, then their sins shall be upon their parents' head for failing to teach them the gospel. Wherefore, because of my blessing, the Lord God will not suffer that ye shall perish. Wherefore, he will be merciful unto you and unto your seed forever. And they never, and the, Laman, the Lamanites never did perish completely. Uh, let's look at verse 12. And it came to pass after my father Lehi had spoken unto all his household according to the feelings of his heart and the spirit of the Lord which was in him, he waxed old. And it came to pass that he died and was buried. Interesting, that's not a second time in today's lesson. We're talking, we're trying to uh, teach prophets and apostles not to speak your own opinions, but to speak only the words of the Lord. So that's what he's 
um, saying here and also in 12 that uh, he, spoke, he spoke according to the feelings of his heart and the spirit of the Lord which was in him. And he only said those things. He didn't voice his own opinion as to what Lehi wanted, right? Only what the Lord wanted him to say. 14 through 16. For Nephi was constrained to speak unto them according to his word, for I had spoken many things unto them, and also my father before his death. Many of his sayings are written upon mine other plates. Now this is interesting, right? For a more history part are written upon my other plates. But he just made it sound like his religious teachings are on those other plates. Why is he not just classifying that with the history? And upon these I will write the the things of my soul. So the things he preached and the other was not the things of his soul. And many of the scriptures which are graven upon the plates of brass, where my soul delighteth in the scriptures, and my heart pondereth them and writeth them for the learning and the profit of my children. Behold, my soul delighteth in the things of the Lord, and my heart pondereth continually upon the things which I have seen and heard. And now he goes into this uh, psalm here. Nevertheless, notwithstanding the great goodness of the Lord and showing me his great marvelous works, my heart exclaimeth, O wretched man that I am, Yea, my heart sorroweth because of my flesh. My soul grieveth because of mine iniquities. I am encompassed about because of the temptations and the sins which so easily beset me. And when I desire to rejoice, my heart groaneth because of my sins. Nevertheless, I know in whom I have trusted. My God hath been my support. He hath led me through mine afflictions in the wilderness and he hath preserved me upon the waters of the great deep. He hath filled me with his love, even unto the consuming of my flesh. He hath confounded mine enemies, unto the causing of them to quake before me. Behold, he hath heard my cry by day, and he hath given me knowledge by visions in the night time. Here we go, 24. And by day I have waxed bold and mighty prayer before him. Yea, my voice have I sent up on high. And the angels came down and ministered unto me. And that's powerful praying. That's learning, as he said, to be bold and mighty prayer. That when you pray, angels come down and speak to you and minister to you and enact at your bidding. And here we go. 25. And upon the wings of his spirit hath my body been carried away upon exceedingly high mountains. And my eyes have beheld great things, yea, even too great for man. Therefore I was bidden that I should not write them. Powerful stuff. We saw this earlier in the Book of Mormon. Again, he's doing the same as we saw all the last two years in the Bible, that these Ancient prophets, they don't have the vocabulary for airplane, helicopter, hot air balloon, you know, these sort of things. So they're doing their best to describe what it is they're witnessing in the skies. Uh, we know that the spirit is a, is a spirit. It cannot transport you from point A to point B. 
We see at Jesus' baptism, the spirit descending like a dove, hovering over Jesus. So John's trying to say, I saw it. It was like a dove. It, it was a physical object, just like a dove. It came down and hovered over Jesus. Jesus went right up into it and it flew off where Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. Well, we saw before that Nephi had this experience where he was caught up by the spirit and it moved him up into exceeding high mountains. The other, last week we were watching in, in, in the scriptures here and it kept talking about how Nephi had to go climb the mountain. God said, okay, go climb the mountain, right? But before he got the nice lift and whatever that, you know, unidentified flying object was. So again, here, now he's trying to still describe what he saw and what he witnessed. So, so they referred sometimes as, uh, you know, chariot uh, in the Old Testament and a cloud. Uh, we get spirit at Jesus' baptism also here. And so here at least he mentions it has wings, right? And upon the wings of it, his spirit, his physical object that I was in, it had wings, is what he's trying to say. And in, in that object, my body has been carried away upon exceedingly high mountains. And my eyes have beheld great things, even too great for man. Therefore, I was bidden that I should not write them. Okay, so then we come down here. 27. And why should I yield to sin because of my flesh? Okay, why should I give way to temptations? That the evil one have place in my heart to destroy my peace and afflict my soul. Why am I angry because of mine enemy? Awake, my soul, awake. No longer droop in sin. Rejoice, O my heart, and give place no more for the enemy of my soul. Do not anger again because of mine enemies. Do not slacken my strength because of mine affliction. Rejoice, O my heart, and cry unto the Lord and say, O Lord, I will praise thee forever. Yea, my soul will rejoice into thee, my God, and the rock of my salvation. O Lord, wilt thou redeem my soul? Wilt thou deliver me out of the hands of mine enemies? Wilt thou make me that I may shake at the appearance of sin? May the gates of hell be shut continually before me, because that my heart is broken and my spirit is contrite. O Lord, wilt thou not shut up the gates of thy righteousness before me, that I may walk in the path of the low valley, that I may be strict in the plain road? O Lord, wilt thou encircle me around in the robe of thy righteousness? Now again, this is somebody familiar with the cultures of the Middle East and the Bedouins in particular. Uh, you can run up to the local sheikh and uh, he'll throw his the robes uh, around you. Say, signifying we will protect you now. We're welcoming you part of our tribe, part of our clan. We will protect you. So again, this is uh, not somebody just making this stuff up. They're familiar with, with the Middle Eastern uh, customs. Uh, 34, O oh Lord. Let's see. Uh, 34, O oh Lord, I have trusted in thee, and I will trust in thee forever. I will not put my trust in the arm of flesh, for I know that cursed is he that putteth his trust in the arm of flesh. God wants us to trust him, not each other. A cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm. 
Yeah, I know that God will give liberally to him that asks, but you have to ask. James says, you have not because you ask not. You need to be asking. Yea, my God will give me if I ask not amiss. Therefore, I will lift up my voice unto thee. Yea, I will cry unto thee, my God, the rock of my righteousness. Behold, my voice shall forever ascend up unto thee. Um, my rock and my everlasting God. Amen. So again, powerful chapter four. Okay, moving to chapter five. I'll begin with verses one through three. Behold, it came to pass that I, Nephi, did cry much unto the Lord my God because of the anger of my brethren. But behold, their anger did increase against me insomuch that they did seek to take away my life. Yea, they did murmur against me, saying, Our younger brother thinks to rule over us, and we have had much trial because of him. Wherefore, now let us slay him, that we may not be afflicted more because of his words. So first they commit a sin, selling him into, you know, into, uh, you know they, they tied him up, remember, on the boat. They tied him up on the boat and uh, for multiple days. You know, and so, you know, they just keep going after him here, you know, much trial because of him. But now they want to kill him, right? They want to commit murder here. So the sin progresses more and more. For behold, we will not have him to be our ruler, for it belongs unto us, who are the elder brethren, to rule over this people. Now, five through six. And it came to pass that the Lord did warn me that I, Nephi, should depart from them, and flee into the wilderness. Yeah, that's a good idea, right? If they're out there trying to kill you, it's always a good idea to depart and flee into the wilderness, right? And all those who would go with me. Wherefore it came to pass that I, Nephi, did take my family, and also Zoram and his family, and Sam, my elder brother, and his family, and Jacob and Joseph, my younger brethren. Interesting, they don't say in their families at this point. Maybe they weren't married yet. And also my sisters. They don't say in his sisters and their family. So perhaps they're not married. And all those who would go with me, right? And who are those, right? He's already mentioned his whole, his whole family, right? I already mentioned his whole family and all those who would go with me, right? So this is the first hint. We get a couple of hints here in the Book of Mormon that there may be other people living here in the Americas that they joined up with. So that's who he's obviously referring to here. He's already mentioned all his uh, siblings here, right? So now he's just saying, and, and also all those others that we're living with, that uh, we met here in the Americas, uh, you know, uh, if they believe uh, in the warnings and the revelations of God, uh, then, then then let them come too. Okay, 10 through 11. And we did observe to keep the judgments and the statutes and the commandments of the Lord in all things According to the law, Moses, we need to keep that in mind coming up because later we're going to get uh, to a passage that the anti-Christians like to use against the Christian, uh, true Christian church, and they take it out of context. And so you need to pay attention, but they're keeping the law, Moses, Christ not come yet for the next 600 years. That was 10 let's see, and 11. And the Lord was with us, and we did prosper exceedingly because the Lord was with him, conditional. 
For we did sow seed and we did reap again in abundance. And we began to raise flocks and herds and animals of every kind. Okay, now we go to 16. And I, Nephi, did build a temple. So first thing you do, the covenant people of God are a temple-building people. You move to a new location, you build a temple. And I did construct it after the manner of the temple of Solomon. When you build a temple to the Lord, you waste no no expense or effort or labor in, involved. Uh, you build it to the best of your ability, according to the best the materials you have available at that time. But I did construct it after the manner of the temple of Solomon, save it were not built as so many precious things, for they were not found to be upon the land. But we looked for them. We looked for them. We wanted to make the temple as beautiful as possible. Wherefore, it could not be built like unto Solomon's temple, but the manner of construction was like unto the temple of Solomon, and the workmanship thereof was exceedingly high. And 17, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did cause my people to be industrious and to labor with their hands. That's good. Paul, the apostle, said in the New Testament, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. Right? Important that members learn how to labor and work with their own hands. Look at verse 20. Wherefore, the word of the Lord is fulfilled, which he spake unto me, saying that inasmuch as they will not hearken unto thy words, they shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord. And behold, they were cut off from his presence. They were they were cast out, and, um, and, and you know from his presence, right? Let's look at twenty-four to twenty-six. And because of their cursing, which was upon them, so they're being cut off from the presence of the Lord. They're being cursed now, and because of their cursing, which was upon them, they did become they did become an idol. People full of mischief and, sub, and subtlety, and did seek in the wilderness for heart for the beasts of prey. And in um, 25, and the Lord God said unto me, They shall be a scourge unto thy seed. I'm going to allow the Lamanites to live, they're going to be a scourge unto your side to keep you into the under the need of a need to be repent, but that's in the blessing in itself. And these aren't going to make it, but you're going to make it, but you're going to have to suffer from them first. And as meant, they will not remember me and hearken unto my words, they shall scourge them even unto destruction. 26. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did consecrate Jacob and Joseph, that they should be priests and teachers over the land of my people. And 32. And I engrave that which is pleasing unto God. And if my people are pleased with the things of God, they'll be pleased with mine engravings, which were upon these plates. So if you love God, you will you will believe. You will you know be pleased with what we have here. Ad additional revelation, additional knowledge concerning the Bible, as we saw earlier, to prove that the Bible is true, to prove that Jesus is the Savior and Redeemer of mankind. 
That was the purpose of the Book of Mormon. We, in closing, we again testify the truthfulness of these things that the Bible and the Book of Mormon are the words of God and will bring you working together unto a knowledge of Jesus Christ and unto the covenant path that leads back to your Heavenly Father's presence. For those of you not yet members of the church, we welcome you with full open arms to come. To come. Reach out to the missionaries through the link that we'll provide in this video. Let them know you're ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're ready to be baptized by those who hold the priesthood and authority of God. So your baptism on earth will actually count in the heavens. It'll open up the entrance gate back into your Heavenly Father's kingdom with him on his throne. For those of you who have fallen in activity in the church, we welcome you back as well. That you can become once again members of the community of God so you can receive his full blessings here upon the earth and be qualified to receive even greater blessings in the world to come. Closing, we ask God to leave a blessing upon you. May you have food to eat. May you have safe shelter overhead. May your bodies be full of energy and and full of of, uh, of healing for those who need to be uh, healed. And so we pray and bless you with these things. And we bless those in, under your jurisdiction, under your, uh, you know, un, uh, under, you know, that you can help them in, in church, help them as your neighbors, help them as your family to come back to Jesus Christ. Of him, we testify to the world this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.